0: Welcome to MLR Kickoff, episode 19, with your hosts,
1: Dan Power and for Pete Steinberg, Mark Stabina. That is right, folks. Welcome to the MLR Kickoff, and I am joined by the dashing one himself, Mark Stabina. Let me just go through this resume before I welcome into the podcast, New South Wales, Waratah, Biarritz, Northampton, Cardiff Blues, Newport Gwent Dragons, Australia Sevens, two Commonwealth Games, a bronze medal. Mark Stabina, is there anything you haven't done, my friend? Welcome to the show.
0: Dan Power. Wow. Thank. Did I really do all that? I'm just trying to think over my career now. How did I ever do that? How did we ever play this game, Dan Power? Do you, do you often do you think about that from time to time, just the way the body feels when you wake up and you watch these big strapping lads running around bashing each other just like i used to do that it's it's kind of hard to imagine these days
1: well i look at the richter scale when you get some of the utah warriors players when you get uh hunk running into vili tolly and i looked at the richter scale bouncing up and down and think geez it's nice to be up here these days
0: No, it is. It's like, like, you know, up in the commentary booth, it's like Jurassic Park. You've got a cup of water there and it's just like, you know, a little ripple on top of the water when the T-Rex is thundering down the road. Very similar when you watch these teams in the MLR. They're just getting bigger. They're getting stronger. They're getting faster. I'm glad I'm not out there. I'm glad I'm in the, the warmth and the safety of the commentating booth. That's for sure.
1: Well, we are glad to have you up there as well. You have uh, been a fantastic addition last year to the MLR uh, broadcast roster, and you're just doing great things this year as well. But, Mark, we usually kick the show off with a travel tip, and uh, being the new guy, we're going to throw that to you for your travel tip for the listeners out there.
0: Oh, the new guy, the initiation for the new guy. Okay. Um, you know, I'm kind of I'm hesitant to give this tip because I want this to remain quiet, but, you know, as a reward for the listeners, the thousands of listeners uh, listening into the, the podcast right now, I just hope that you're spread, you know, way across America. The best $80 I ever spent was on TSA pre-check. This has probably already been said as a travel tip, but this every time I turn up to the airport and with commentating as well, there's some, there's some, there's a tight window sometimes to, to get from the game or to the game and uh, pre-check, just rock up. Don't even have to take my shoes off. I've normally got a laptop. I mean, having to take that out uh, when you go through normal security is a, is a pain in the butt and costs a lot of time. The amount of times I've turned up and just seen that line zigzag all the way out toward the door, but pre-check is empty. I just, I grin from ear to ear and uh, it just sets the tone for my for my trip. There you go, Dan. Well, having
1: uh, having smelt your feet when your shoes are off, I'll pay the eighty dollars for you to get pre-checked to keep them on next time we travel. How's that? That's a shame.
0: That is. Right. I mean, already. So I expected the banter to, to kick in. You know, at least a, a third of the way in. But all right.
1: What well, am the whipping boy. Pete holds the whip, and he cracks pretty hard on me for <laughs> uh, all my mistakes and my sins. So I'm just, uh, I'm just, you know, passing it on. It's just, it's taught. It's, it's now na- nurture, not nature. Bring but, it on. Uh, Bring it on. Let's get back to some rugby here, Mark, and we'll start with the review of last week's game. And again, the rhetoric for the season has been tight matches and it continued into week two as we kick things off. Friday night down at Dell Diamond, it was the Austin Elite welcoming the Utah Warriors who kicked their season off with a win, 17 points to nine. And Mark, very tight game down there again. Austin just not getting it done for the second week in a row.
0: It was very tight, and you mentioned uh, the the Richter scale when it came to the big players of Utah. I I felt that was a feature again of their play is just that defence. I mean, you see Austin's score nine uh, were unable to to dot down over the try line. It was three kicks uh, in that first half and then three missed kicks, which could have actually got them across the line in the end by a point when you think about it. Uh so a little and and thanks to the ill discipline of the warriors i think that was just one of the things where they they struggled a little bit in the second half but they um they attack well i just felt like neither team really uh compared to other games that we've seen uh, over the weekend just attacking wise don't want to take anything away from the defense great defense just maybe uh i i feel like the score was low on both teams because uh, they 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 could recycle the ball a little quicker. That was the one thing that I noticed watching the game was just uh, if they moved that ball, it was getting tied up in the ruck a lot and really preventing either offense to stretch the defense and really put stress and open up those holes and and get a roll on and uh, didn't really have much of a of a sort of support play or offload game that you see in other teams like the NOLA goal, which we will cover, obviously, in
1: a little bit. Yeah, we will get to them. And again, looking at this Utah side, Mark, it was kind of uh, kind of a bit of a mystery around this squad. It was put together rather late or announced rather late, we should say. I'm sure they already had their uh, ducks lined up coming to the season. I was particularly impressed with the big man up front, uh, Franco Vandenberg 80 minutes from the prop, uh, a big, big shift down there. And I noticed it particularly at the scrum along with Daniels and McClellan, who we recognized from last year with the Warriors, just that front row seems to have shored up a little bit at the scrum, their back row. You talked about slow ball for the elite mark. You're absolutely spot on there. That back row of Williams Elkington and John Cullen were a nuisance all night at the breakdown and just slowed things down. You know, you, Looking at the statistics here, the Warriors controlled possession quite well with 56%, but the territory heavily in favor of the Austin elite at 56%, but just could not convert that territory by giving up the ball too much to this Warriors side. And they got it done down there in Austin to kick their season off with a win. Good start for the Warriors. And we move to the next game, which was your game, Mark. You were down there on Saturday at New Orleans. It's become your home away from home. The NOLA gold side, as they took on last year's runner-up, the Glendale Raptors. The Raptors coming off a loss in Seattle. NOLA off a first-up win over the Toronto Arrows, and they were going back-to-back here, 40-31. It was a bit of a seesaw match when you look at the scoreline, but watching the game, Mark, I felt that NOLA was pretty in control of this one throughout the game. What were your thoughts?
0: Couldn't agree more, Dan. I've had a great time down in these past two matches now with with Nola and really great to see the turnaround they've had this season compared to last. They finished second to bottom of the table last year and now they find themselves on top. And it's funny because the way that the game, you did, yeah, you're right, you're absolutely right. I think in terms of it's seesawing. Uh, Nola getting out to a lead, commanding lead at halftime, and then just taking the foot off the pedal and allowing uh, the other team to come back has happened two weeks in a row. So we saw it against Toronto. They just they, they came out to a flying start, Nola, and I think that shook. Toronto, a little bit. And, and to be honest, it shook me too. I wasn't convinced that they had the preseason they needed to going into that match. Uh, whereas Toronto had a tough preseason. They played quality opposition. You know, Nola were coming out beating local teams by 50, 60, 70 points. So to see Nola come out, they're obviously playing with confidence and the pace at which they played. And then they took the foot off a little bit and Toronto came back. Same thing happened this week against Glendale. And you're going to expect it against. The runners-up of the MLR, Glendale, and all they needed to do was just keep the ball in hand for a little while and they, they, they pegged themselves back, but Nola held on. So they need to just be careful that that doesn't become a pattern for them, starting fast and then taking the foot off the pedal and holding on uh, at the end because teams will figure that out and figure out a way to, to, to win the match if, uh, if that's their tendency.
1: You talk about uh your stats when you look at these games. A high scoring game, 40 to 31. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't think defense was at a premium, but Nola did exceptionally well, only having fifty-five, uh, sorry, forty-five percent of possession, forty-four percent of territory. So a dominant statistic for the Raptors there controlling the ball and where the game was played, but unable to convert that into points. Nola Gold defended quite well to uh keep that lead. And for me personally, a couple of really great standout performances. Obviously, our player of the week, uh, Taylor Howden. We'll talk to him later in the show. But Super impressed with their trio in the back line that they've brought in this year in Scotty Gale, Con Foley, and Tristan Blewett. Tristan Bluett, he is like a little bull terrier, isn't he? He just gets that bone and just goes hell for leather. He's been uh, one of my favorite little players to watch so far this season.
0: Yes, uh, and just before I, I I talk about Tristan, you mentioned before high scoring games both weeks, and I just w- I I want to say that I feel that is in part the way that Nola play. Uh, I mentioned it when we talked about Austin versus Utah, um, Nola. Yeah, you could say that defense wasn't really a feature, but I feel like it's the way that. Nola recycle their ball so quickly, and they move the point of attack so quickly that it stresses the defense a lot and opens up a lot of holes. Second, third, and fourth phase. So I feel like Nola are creating that um, rather than the defense just not being strong. Because there were there were instances of really strong defense from both teams individually and as a unit. But back to Tristan Blewett. So he played thirteen in the first week. Our our MVP uh, of the match that that time he's just he, he's all over the place he's he can run he can pass he's ferocious in defense and he gets some work done he's, t- he's making turnovers at crucial times of the game as well now, he made way for taylor howden to come in that should indicate the strength of this squad and depth of this squad that taylor howden man of the match man of the 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 weekend this weekend was on the bench for nola in round 1 so he's uh, earned his spot at 13, pushing Blewett out to 14 and, and Tristan Blewett just showing his versatility.
1: Now, the Glendale Raptors, let's uh, let's talk about them a little bit, Mark. The runners-up last year, they were the form side, you would think, for the first you know two months of the season last year before <laughs> that loss to San Diego and then obviously the big one in the final against Seattle. What's going on in Glendale this year? Is it time to hit the panic button at 0-2? But do you think uh, too early to panic and how do you turn things around for the Raptors?
0: Uh, way too early to, to hit the panic button, that's for sure. I was just going to say that. I don't think uh, we should discount them so early. They're still a quality outfit and they showed that. Uh, they've had two games on the road, so you have to factor that in. Uh, I spoke to both the coaches and they're still pleased. A lot of movement in their squad, some players coming in, so still some time to form that cohesion with some of the combinations and, uh, you know, a couple more international players coming in as well. And you, you just, I'm, I'm sure that Dave Williams there and, and and Pete Ballace, they'll know what to do in, in terms of getting their players to to get back there. They're mentally, they're, they're very resilient, albeit mm, probably never been in this situation before, uh, whether it be at, uh, you know, PRP level with their club team or last season. They're they're used to just dominating, and they did last year right up to the final match. So this is a good little wake-up call for them, I think.
1: Yeah, it certainly is. uh, Too much talent in that roster to discount. I wasn't saying I'm going to hit the pan. I was just for for argumentative sakes bringing it up, Mark.
0: Yeah, no, I, I, I well, I, I mean, have Raptors fans with torches here.
1: and pitchforks out the front of my house soon. Yeah, maybe,
0: maybe after round three, but after round two, uh, look, here's the thing: I think it's exciting, and I think it's a great thing for Major League Rugby that you can have last year's runner-up uh, and and leaders at the end of the the regular season finding themselves at the bottom. Uh, that just just shows how close this this competition is and sets us up nicely for an exciting season.
1: All right, Mark, grab your umbrella. We're going to Torero Stadium. Oh, dear. For the last game of the weekend, and it was a wet one, which uh, as an LA native you can attest to is not very common for Southern California to get any rain, let alone the rain that we saw during this game. It was the Legion taking on the defending champs who went down 17 to 13 the legion they got it done at home in a very torrid affair and this one mark really came down to the final whistle there but san diego doing enough to hold on off the back of a mikey Teo try on return and a penalty try and you think just you know not even 12 months removed this same game last year was the penalty try fest at the scrum Uh, San Diego giving up three penalty tries in a game. They turn around and they get a penalty try against that Seattle scrum. How good was that? And what were your thoughts on the game, Mark?
0: Yeah, well, first of all, I mean, you said grab my umbrella. I don't own an umbrella, Dan Power. How about that? I've lived in Southern California for eight years, never needed to buy an umbrella uh, except, you know, the two or three days of the year that it rains. So to see it so soggy down there, I'm sure the players, I mean, they're used to training and preparing in in warm dry weather and what was impressive is how they managed their conditions so san diego you you could forgive them you, you could you could actually predict in that kind of weather that that seattle would feel right at home and not san diego and it seemed to be the opposite down there. And you're right, they've turned it around. They've obviously done some work on the scrum. Scott Murray coming in as forwards coach, he's done a wonderful job so far, and he's, he's a fantastic coach, the uh, former Scotland international. And it just it just showed with their set piece. And, again, as I said, the way that they managed their conditions, complete turnaround as well from their performance against New York the week before. So great to see them bounce back and uh, show the quality that they did in the rain.
1: Well, you've got to really tip your hat to Paddy Ryan up front. Plays 80 minutes again. He was outstanding. The Penalty try should have a little asterisk, Paddy Ryan next to it because uh, up front he provided just such an amazing platform for that scrum. Also, 12 hit-ups as well from Paddy Ryan. How good is that? The big man just putting his hand up for a workload, ran for 82 metres, which is a very impressive ticker per hit-up for a front row forward. Uh, so he's got a lot to be excited about, and then I've got to give a lot of credit to J.P. Peterson. Before he went off with uh, that head clash, which uh wouldn't be surprised if they may take a closer look at that—the contest between Rasalika and uh, Peterson. Uh, I don't know; it was a head-to-head collision, but I think the onus has to be on the defender there, Mark. I'll get to, back to that with you in a second, but. Peterson just controlled the game in those conditions perfectly. 64% possession for San Diego. Here's the big one, though, 61% territory. They controlled the field position so well for 80 minutes that even when Seattle did get their opportunities with the ball, they were doing it from inside their own 40, inside their own 22. And in those tough conditions, Mark, you just cannot move the ball efficiently to to score those long-range tries. So well, well coached from Rod Hoadley and then well executed by his players. Now let's talk about that tackle. I'm not sure if you saw it or not, but uh, it was outside center William Russelika shooting in, and some people were a little upset with the call, thinking that any contact with the head uh, should be penalised and yellow carded immediately. Uh, this one was let go as accidental. But what are your thoughts on that? I'm going to be completely honest. I
0: didn't see it, but you've painted a good picture of that. And just speaking, you know, speaking about. Head to head, it's it's always a it's a, it's a tricky one, Dan. You know, you've just got to. It's up to the referee to really have a look at the the intent. And what's often harder with these is that the sometimes the replay can show it to be worse than it actually was. And in the in the replay when it's slow mo uh it's it's a lot easier for someone to comment and say well that that's that's a yellow card or that you know that was obviously intentional at full speed it's very hard to control your body it, it's a lot easier to see uh in slow motion that uh, or make the assumption that a player could have changed their body angle could have changed their 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 speed or whatever and especially in those conditions and this is what the referee has to consider you know at that time so I'm just I'd be interested to see I'm be more concerned about uh accidental or not that both players are feeling okay and they're okay to play this week that would be my main concern
1: yeah we'll have to keep an eye on that when the rosters are announced But another very tight weekend, and as we mentioned earlier, player of the week was Taylor Howden from Nola Gold. The outside center was able to bag himself two tries, uh, none more important than the one in the second half that really broke the backs of the Glendale Raptors, and I had a chance to catch up with Taylor and sit down and talk to the man from Nola Gold. Joined now by Nola Gold, outside back, and all-round great guy, Taylor Howden who has been crowned Player of the Week for Week 2 of Major League Rugby. Taylor, thanks for joining us. No worries, Panther. There's a name I haven't heard in a while. Big game for you on the weekend, taking Nola Gold 2-0, sitting atop the table. Tell us how sweet was that one, getting a win over your former club, the Glendale Raptors?
2: Um, sweet as it can get, I guess. Um, no, they, look, class outfit, runners-up last year, Um some really good players and some some really good mates of mine as well so um you know they they came down to us they pipped us last year at, at home and we went up to them and and lost the preseason game last year as well so it felt felt pretty good to put on put on a bit of a a bit of a performance for for the fans City in New Orleans and my mates on the team so it's good
1: yeah you talk about last year it's been a great turnaround just two weeks in but undefeated so far this season can you put your finger on the change I know there was some injury issues last year but seems to have been a a great job recruiting this offseason but the culture in New Orleans seems to be the real winner you guys seem like a very very tight bunch can you can you kind of dial that in for us how it's changed from last year to this year um
2: I think it might start with the GMVP um uh, Fitzy you know he's obviously him a native um, looked at some of the, the areas of concern from last year and, you know, they've um, they've done a really good job at recruiting and being able to bring some players in um, and especially some players with uh, international experience and a lot of professional experience overseas. Um, so those guys have come in and been really influential in the way that our pre-season went. Um, we, you know, we sort of tweaked a few things about the way we want to play our rugby from last year and, um, which is kind of allowing players to sort of express themselves a little bit more, um, and when that happens, you, you start to get a little bit, uh, you start to learn a little bit more about the player on the field, and, and then, you know, obviously being in a city like New Orleans, you get to enjoy the boys off the field as well. So it's uh, it's been a good preseason, good off season, um, and and so far a, a good season. So just excited to get stuck in against Seattle on on Sunday.
1: Now, you personally, mate, turned back the clock on the weekend. Two try performance really led from the front. Coming into the year, were you clear on what your role was going to be? You did have a lot of signings, especially in the back backline. Had uh, you and uh, coach Nate Osborne and and Ryan Fitzgerald sat down preseason to kind of discuss your role and where you fit into this side.
2: Yeah, I'd um I'd, I'd sort of talked uh I'd sort of talked um. You know, to them, to them uh, during the off season. I was here in New Orleans throughout the off season, um, and, and you know, so we talked a little bit about it. And obviously, with the signings that were coming in, I knew there was going to be some, some, some push for you know, some, some contention for spots and and, and competition for spots, I should say. Um, you know, and and I guess I guess you know, at thirty two, I'm probably you know toward the, the tail end of my career, and um, I'm just. I'm happy and grateful that they, they kept me on for, for a second year and whatever sort of position I can play for the team. Obviously, I want to play as many minutes as I can and still be able to, you know, put on a performance for my mates and, um, you know, I tried to do that on Saturday um, and, and, you know, hopefully that they, you know, they if they they can sort of keep that belief in me going forward and and hopefully I can keep my spot there, but whatever happens is, is you know, it's, we're, we're all in this together and um, I'll just play whatever role that they ask me to play. So, yeah, as long as we, you know, we're all going for um, the, the same end goal, which is to win a championship, uh, then yeah, if I play eighty minutes each week or don't make the team, then uh, I'll just, you know, put my best foot forward, one way or the other.
1: You said thirty-two, mate. You've obviously been going at it for a while now. Um, your evolution, not only as a player, but as a leader has been outstanding how much do you put that down to the the birth of your son william a few years ago and changing you as a as a man and as a you know as a father off the field to now you know being one of those senior guys there and leading a side you did it up in ohio and now you've taken it to the next level at new orleans how much of an influence does family have in that change in you personally
2: uh, huge huge uh, huge uh, influence um just you just look, you start to look at everything a little bit different, uh, from a different perspective, and and you know, probably a better perspective. Um, you know, a, as a player, you, you know, you, you start to, you know, in, in, in the prime of your career, there are at times you can be selfish. Um, you, you you want to do things for yourself, you want to do the best you can, you want to, you know, you want to play professional rugby, you want to become an eagle or, or an overseas professional, and you, you start to do things a little bit selfishly, but when you when you have a family and, and you, and you, 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 have kids, um, that, that perspective sort of changes and you, you can't be selfish and you got to start doing things for, for, you know, your partner and your, and your kids. And, um, and then I kind of, I kind of take that perspective and, and that sort of, that sort of energy from, from my home life into my, my team life. Um, and just try and, you know, do what I can for my, for my mates, um, you know, and, and just kind of provide them any type of leadership that I can, you know, as a captain last year, I'm, and part of the leadership group this year, it's still I'm still in a position where, where guys are coming to chat, and, and you know, guys wanting some input, and um, you know, and I'm able to provide some value there for those boys. So, yeah, it definitely helps, uh, definitely adds a, a whole another flavour to everything. So, but something that I I enjoy, cherish, and um, yeah, bit of a bit of a, a change for sure.
1: Mate, let's talk about some of the fresh faces that you've. I had joined you in NOLA this year. Uh, Gail Foley blew it in the back line in particular. And then up front, uh, Big Kane Thompson and Cam Dolan as well, a name that most people uh, listening are probably familiar with. Some of the others, not so much, having come from overseas. How have those guys assimilated to the NOLA Gold culture and what have they brought to the table?
2: Um, we'll start up front with uh, with Kane. Um, obviously, three-time World Cup veteran, you know, a master I don't know, 45 caps, I think it is for Samoa. So um, hugely experienced, played lots of rugby overseas, different different competitions. So he's able to bring a kind of different flavour. Um, he's a he's definitely a leader, um, especially with, at, at the lineout. Um, he ha- helps our a lot of our sort of young guys, out, uh, our sort of the the, the backs and the Billy Stewarts, who are a lot not newer, younger to the game. Um, he helps them out, and he's just just little little sort of tidbits here and there that that you'd never really know, and or you'd never really even think about that he's able to just kind of bring to the table. Um, and Cam as well, and obviously Cam being a you know Eagle former Eagle captain, um, and has an overseas experience as well. He he jumped in real quick with the boys, and you know he gets on with it. Him and Kane live together, so those boys are a bit of a riot. And they you know they just like um, uh, they like to to. Uh, you know, be be leaders and 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 being able to show people sort of what it takes to to be at that next level, which they've done for a long time. So, in um, the backs, uh, what do we got? Uh, Con obviously, Olympic captain, um, defensive machine, uh, amazing communicator. Um, playing outside him um, on Saturday was was phenomenal. Just having some the inside chat from him was just really clear and and concise. Very direct and, and really, really needed. So he brings a he brings a different sort of experience there, but with a the sevens background and um and Scott is unreal. Uh, he's got a massive massive left boot, um, so um and, and he's smart. You know, super rugby. Um, some of the things he says at our, at our uh, our player review meetings and, and our menu meetings, he's provides a lot of value in that and um uh, good good uh good leader as well. And then Tristan is Trizzy is Trizzy man. He's he's unreal. He's not the biggest guy, but he punches above his weight, and um, he's he's the type of guy that you have to have have to have on your team. I don't know why I didn't make the team of the week, guys. That guy should have been out there. He was amazing.
1: Well, I'll pass that one on. And uh, obviously, the big news coming out today: Tony Lamborn, your uh, fellow countryman he will be suiting up with nola Gold. can you give us a scoop is he going to play this weekend against seattle
2: oh i don't know mate. i don't know what uh, i don't know what to tell you there um he he just arrived he's been only be here a couple of days um you know and but he looks and he looks in good nick and he's he's rearing to go and uh he's at training today and um you know if he's if he gets selected he gets selected but uh, i'm not really too sure
1: Let's talk a little bit about that game, Taylor. You come off, like you said, the runners-up from last year right into the defending champions. You get Seattle at home off the back of two pretty tough games, Glendale round one, and they had that uh, the torrential downpour uh, in San Diego where they went down. Getting the champs coming off a loss, it's going to be a tough ask, but uh, you guys have looked the goods. What are you expecting from the Seawolves this Sunday?
2: Um, well, a good, a good defensive team. Um, a team that likes to defend and defend well something that was um, you know prevalent in last year's uh, competition um, so we know that we know they like to defend well um, and and <clears throat> I think I think um, you know they're going to be uh, they're going to be reliant on their big their big ball carriers to, to get over the game line and I think if we come into this game with um, with, with the right mentality um, you know, and, and come off the back of two good wins, and then you know have a good week of training, um, playing at home in front of some 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 really really loud fans this season, which has been great. Um, you know, I, I think we've uh, we've got a good chance, and uh, we've got a team to do it. Uh, we get some of the internationals um, coming back for this for this game, which is good. So that'll that'll help pump up our pack a little bit. But um, yeah, we, we're we're looking forward to this one, chomping at the bit. Seattle's a good team; they've kind of been the I guess you could say the standard, maybe. Um so uh so we're excited.
1: All right, last one Taylor, and I'll let you get back to the family. Come June, Nola Gold is lifting the championship shield. Why? Um How do you get there?
2: I just I reckon with a bit of resilience, um, a bit of character, um and and just just playing for, for our mates. You know, um, something that we've talked about all season is, um, is you know, we're not, we're not, we're not teammates at, at the goal Day. We're all just mates, and um, you know, it's 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 different. It's a, it's a different thing when you go out there to play with with guys you like and guy, you know, guys you're friends with and guys you would do anything for. So um, when you're playing with your mate, not your teammate, um, I think that's what's what, what's going to get us over the line at the end. You know, just going out there and sticking it in for for the boys. For,
1: for the full 80 tails you are a dead set champion i will see you in a few weeks down there for the rooney game until then thank you so much for coming on we appreciate it our player of the week for week two taylor howden from the nola gold thanks taylor Cheers, boys thanks for having me mark what an outstanding player taylor howden is he come off the bench last week in the game and then start at 13 you already talked about that transition that Blewett made How's it been? You've been down there both weeks. You've had a really good chance to immerse yourself in the gold culture. How's it been watching them and, in particular, Taylor's performance this weekend?
0: Well, like I said, it's been really pleasing to see them turn things around, and it's such a passionate crowd down there. Even just their numbers. I was speaking to the COO, Sky Alexander, uh, who's newly appointed to kind of run the operations down there this year. He's doing a fantastic job wearing five, six, seven hats, on some occasions, and you can just see that the buzz. They've worked hard. They've improved the the state of the ground, the uh, the, the playing surface as well. They, that they paid a lot of attention to that improvement last year because there were a lot of complaints about that. And just seeing the buzz. Apparently, they had three or four hundred people turning up to their their first match of the season last year compared to eleven, twelve hundred this this season. So already, look at that. Uh, increase in people they've really promoted well and the crowd was in great spirits and the players were rewarding the spectators for that and all the hard work that's gone in to just making an enjoyable experience for everyone and they're really doing their best to bring new spectators in new to rugby into the game and explain it as well as they can and promote the sport. But the brand of rugby has been particularly impressive. Nate Osborne, he's a backline player himself, and you can see he's recruited really well. The Aussie uh, fly half and, and inside centre um, playing really well, combining well. Con Foley's played six years of Australian sevens, and you can see that. The accuracy of their passing, again, when you, you mentioned the statistic uh, from last week's game, they had hardly any of the possession compared to Glendale, but it's what they did with their possession, Dan. They're they, they are so accurate with the ball and the passes were going out in front and they were stretching the defense, they were poking holes, they were creating gaps and holding onto the ball as well.
1: Yeah, I am uh, super, super impressed at their turnaround. And uh, you know Ryan Fitzgerald, the GM there, you already mentioned Nate Osborne, Tim Falcon, the owner, Yeah, if you would have asked me at the end of last season who I would have thought would make the biggest leap this year, and I know it's early again, we're probably getting ahead of ourselves, but it's fun to do that. I just wouldn't have seen this from New Orleans. So I think quietly they moved. uh, You know, they walk quietly, carry a big stick is a good motto for them that they've lived by. And it's going to be really fun watching this side because they're an exciting team, high scoring. And I think they're going to bring in a lot of fans, especially. Now getting this little stretch of home games through the Mardi Gras season, they're out there promoting their games. No better time in New Orleans to to have people out there during Mardi Gras. It should be fun. But so that wraps up last week. Let's turn our focus to this coming week, Mark, and we kick things off back in Austin again for another Friday night game. And this time, the Canadian boys are back after that first round loss. They take on the Austin Elite. That'll be on Facebook Watch. It is at 8 p.m. Eastern, which is 5 p.m. Pacific. Mark, you're going to step in for Pete and do his tips this week. He'll probably protest unless you get them all right, and then he'll accept it, to which I will then protest, and uh, (laughs) we'll figure it out. So if you're right, Pete doesn't get the points, but if you're wrong, he has to take them. So let's just do it that way.
0: Whatever then. All right. Just uh, yeah. Just tell me what I need to do. All right. All right. Here's your
1: pick. Arrows at Austin Elite Friday night. You gotta tell me who's gonna win and by how much.
0: All right. I'm gonna take. I'm gonna take Austin Elite. They're due for a win. Uh, Toronto, while they've had a week off, um, that can be a disadvantage. So I'm gonna take Austin at home. Um. Yeah,
1: 20, 21 points to, to 17. 21 points to 17. It's the top one. Oh, I, I would really like to run the old eye test over the uh, Arrows roster and see what they've got back from the uh, ARC with their Canadian players. Mm. But I don't have that luxury, Mark, so I'll go against you. Oh, God, no. No, will I? Won't I? <laughs> Yeah, go. I mean, you know, you like to go. I, I lost so badly last year to Pete that I'm. It's really. It's in my head. I'm, I'm. I'm like a fighter who gets knocked out for the first time in their career, and then they just don't want to get into and engage anymore. I'm just. I'm tentative. I'm tentative, Mark. Uh, I'm gonna go with the Austin Elite. Ooh. Yeah, you know what I? I think. Uh, Fine cuisine comes out of Morocco and so to fine fullbacks. Uh, the youngster they've signed uh we played fullback from Morocco last weekend and uh, I'm gonna back him for another big game. what did you say? 21-17? I did. Okay. You as long as it's, stock- stock- it's not yeah. throw it back in my face. I'll go a little I'll go a little more. I'll say it'll be a bit more of a high scoring affair. I'll go uh thirty-one twenty two. Ooh i'd like
0: i mean i'd love to see that so yeah well yeah, it's not gonna happen
1: so um okay let's do the next one i'll go first this one it's not fair to make you go first all the time so this one this is actually your game this is yeah. going to be your game this will be your uh, debut on cbs which yeah. uh, i'm personally very excited about i can't wait to actually sit at home and watch one of them for once and mm-hmm. uh God, you're just a good-looking man, so it won't be hard to convince the wife to join me as well. It's the SaberCats <laughs> out of the gate. The Sam Windsor-led SaberCats taking on the San Diego San, Di, San, Diego, San Diego. Diego San Diego lesion down there, and that one is going to be on CBS Sports, ten Eastern, seven Pacific. So late game there on Saturday night, but it's Saturday night, so stay up and watch it. Ooh, this is going to be a tough one. Let's see. JP Peterson, is he out? If JP Peterson's out, I go Houston. I think Houston can get this done. I like what's going on in Houston. Uh, if he's in, it's going to be a real tight game. I would say with the head knock, they're probably going to keep him out for a week. Mm. So I will go Sabercats over the Legion. I think it'll be another tight one. I will say 19 points to 12. Ooh, Just to
0: make sure everyone is up to speed. Uh, Joe Peterson is out for
1: the next two weeks.
0: Oh, thank you, Aaron.
1: You could have there waited. You could have waited 30 <laughs> more seconds, Aaron. <laughs> no, I needed that. that. That's that's crucial. Ooh. Say it again. 19... How much, Dan? 1912. 1912. Pal- uh, save Saber Cats. I'll go save it. With Peterson yeah. out. Definitely save it, Cats. That's a good-looking prediction.
0: Well, I... I'm going to go against you. Houston's on the road. I think the Legion uh, are finally clicking. And provided it's decent weather, which I believe it is forecast to be, let's – I mean, it's a I Enosa mean, will, will no doubt come in again to 10. Um, he can do the job. I think San Diego, especially with the platform now that they'll uh, – A lay down for their backline players. Houston on the road. It's going to be a tough ask to come down to Torero. San Diego, 27. Yes. No, 28. Let me just do my math. San Diego, 28. Houston, 19.
1: Oh, there you go. I like the tightness. It's good. Mm -hmm. And then uh, somehow... There's going to be someone with the same name who looks exactly the same as you on Sunday calling Seattle at Nola and I know you are you are you know Mr. gold now so this will be an easy <laughs> one for you but I'll let you go first Seawolves taking on Nola that's at four o'clock Eastern one o'clock Pacific on Sunday the only game on Sunday nice spread this week Friday Saturday Sunday and that one will be on ESPN plus and then root sports up in the Pacific Northwest mark Give me your thoughts and your prediction.
0: Well, yep, yeah, you are right. I'm backing up and hitting over Nola. And the only way I'm able to do that, Dan Power, is TSA Precheck. Once again, TSA Precheck. Gets me uh, through those tight spots. Please, but I don't want everyone signing up for it all at once, actually. Oh, it's already, it's ridiculous already. Um, <laughs> yeah. So here, listen to this. All right. I'm gonna predict our first. Mm, our first draw of the competition. Our first mm. draw of the season. I it believe it will be, double be points for that. Well, oh, I like it even more now. Yeah. Nola. Nola 26.
1: Seawolves 26. A draw. Okay. I'm not even get, I'm not even gonna hesitate on this one. I think Seattle are pretty beat up from two very, very tough weeks. Glendale at home took it out of them. They lost some key players. Villy is going to be out. Uh, We'll see if Seema can come back. That's a long road trip too. And I think they played them pretty tight down there last year, but Mm. in much tougher conditions. But I will go Nola at home. And I think 26 points is not enough for that high-octane offense. Even with the uh, Seattle's defense, I will go... 38-26. 38-26. Oh, wow. Walmart, yeah. Wow. Walmart, Seattle, yeah? No, you know I can penetrate the seawall. Oh, listen, I'm Team Taylor. I'm all about Team Taylor. Yeah. Uh, forget the money team. I'm Team Taylor. You know, we're going to get some hats made up and uh, we'll get him a belt. And he can run around with a belt as well. And Taylor Howden, his back. He's in the 32-year-old, the Silver Fox. One for, He's a yog. He's a yog. You've got to go for the yog. You've
0: got to go for the old every time. The experience of a young, older guy always wins. Always wins. You know that, Dan.
1: Always man. wins.
0: So, I, yeah, can't. I, I kind
1: of, yeah, I feel the old part. I don't know if the young part is still floating <laughs> around. But, well, that takes us through to the game. A busy weekend coming up for you, Mark. So, we look forward to catching you Saturday night, first off. That is a CBS game, so CBS Sports on all your local cable. If you can't find it, go to a sports bar and demand they put it on. Uh, i give you permission you just start throwing glasses and plates until they put it on, and then uh, don't actually do that. Don't go and throw the stuff and then call the show next week and say, oh, I went and did it because you told me. Yeah. Well, obviously, I'm joking, but this day and age, you've got to be careful. So, yeah, sorry. Off I, go, off I go. It's been a long day. And uh, yeah, and then again on Sunday. So big weekend for you. Really do appreciate you joining the show today on short notice too, mate. As uh, Pete is globe tracking. He's off in London getting some uh, real work done. So good to you to join in. We might have to make this a a regular thing, get you involved.
0: Dan Power, thank you for the opportunity. Uh, It's been fun. I expected more banter, so I think you let me off lightly this time. And uh, absolutely, anytime you need me, I'm here.
1: Well, tell the fans where they can find you. I know you're a social media guru. I think your your Instagram is is a worthy follow. You put some great stuff up there, some inspiring stuff. So give us the uh, the handle for your Instagram for the followers. I like this.
0: Yeah. Well, we mentioned yog before, young older guy, and uh, you can find me at yog's life. Just think of a dog's life, but uh, replace it with with a, ma- a man over thirty five. A yog, yog's life. Instagram. That's pretty much it. I'm not, I don't do Twitter much these days. I know I I should, but uh, listen, we're busy. We're busy guys, you know, there's only so much we can do.
1: There is only so much you can do. Well, that'll wrap it up. As always, get on to all the uh, outlets. This is Pete's part, Mark, so forgive me for glossing over this, but get on the the iTunes and the SoundClouds and the uh, InstaFace and LinkedIn and wherever, wherever else this podcast pops up. Get on there. Give it a like. Give it a follow, subscribe, write a review. Tell us what you think of Mark Sabina joining the show. Is it good? Is it bad? Is it indifferent? Should we have him back? Should we banish him to the podcast, you know, wasteland? But uh, let us know during the week and uh, we will catch you guys next week as hopefully Pete's back. If he's not, Mark will be back. Uh, I hopefully will be back as well, but we will find out. So. For our producer, Aaron Castro, for Mark Sabina, and myself, Dan Power. Thanks a lot for tuning in, and we will see you next week.